God is good, amen? Y'all ready? Come on, real life, y'all ready for God's word tonight? It's, uh, it's not every night that you get as a youth pastor to, to be led in worship by a, a pretty much mainstream worship team, and it's not every night that you get to preach in front of your district youth director. I want to thank Pastor John Doherty. He's in the house with us tonight, our district youth director. Real life, can we show Pastor John some love tonight? Tonight, I believe the Holy Spirit of God is about to do something significant in all of our lives. I hope you came with expectation. I'm going to try to preach quick because I know we, we worshiped hard tonight. But God wants to do something in your heart through his word tonight if you'll be ready for it. You know what? I'm, I'm frustrated real life. Can I tell you one of the worst parts about being a youth pastor? is seeing the call and anointing of God on young men and women's lives and seeing them not believe it. The hardest thing as a youth pastor is to watch your anointing stay dormant because you don't think God loves you enough to use you. And I'm here tonight that, to tell you, I, I tell you every week, but I'm telling you with a deep sincerity tonight, God loves you with his un relenting love. It's an unconditional love. Some of us walked into this room and you thought, man, you had to earn God's approval, but guess what? That's a, that's a lie from the pit of hell. God loves you just the way you are right now. I remember one, one day as a college student, I walked into my professor's office and I just began to dump my life to my professor, just like it was like a spiritual throw-up. Like I was telling him all the nasty thoughts that I've been having. I, I, I was just explaining to him how I felt like I was such a failure and a fraud. And, and I just was giving him everything that I hated about myself and, and communicating to him the, the lies from the pit of hell that were constantly ringing in my ear. And I know that there's people in this room where your mind is continually under attack. And I began to share with my professor all of the things, the thoughts that I've been wrestling with day in and day out. And, and he told me something very profound. He said, we shouldn't be condemned for having the thoughts. It's actually what we do with our thoughts that we're held accountable for. And so some of us in this room tonight, you've been wrestling with, with some of the lies from the pit of hell that have been continually gnawing away at you spiritually, continually making you think less of yourself. Tonight, you're going to be set free from that. I'm believing it. Nobody's going to walk out the same tonight. This is the conclusion of fake love, and, and this is somewhat funny, but I'm, I'm very serious. Drake actually had something when he wrote these lyrics. He, he was onto something when he said, I've been down so long, it looked like up to me, right? Come on, y'all. I think what, what he was trying to communicate, and it's not gospel by any means, but it was wisdom because we get used to things we shouldn't get used to real life. He's like, I've been down so long, it's, I'm used to it. Like, this is like good for me because I'm so down all the time. It looks like up to me. When you experience fake love, students, it hurts. And tonight, 
I'm not going to talk about relationships. I'm not going to talk about sex. I'm not going to talk or address how you treat others or how others are treating you. That's not what we're talking about tonight. Tonight, as we close our fake love series, we are talking about fake love that you have for yourself. Because there's way too many Christians that are walking around hating themselves, beating themselves up, thinking less of themselves. Students, one of the most destructive things you can embrace in your life is fake love for yourself. It's one of the most destructive things you can do because if you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to believe in any, anyone else. If you don't believe that God can love you, then you're not going to love anyone else appropriately. There are way too many in this room with no love for yourself, and that's got to change tonight. God loved you too much to allow you to hate yourself. Your relationship with yourself will affect every other aspect of your life, real life. It sounds kind of weird to say, like, my, what? My relationship with myself? Dude, y'all know you talk to yourself. You know you have a conversation all the time. You're getting ready in the morning. You're putting your makeup on. Some of us were getting ready just right before real life. Miley, call her out. My eyebrows on fleek. <laughs> Do we say that anymore? I don't think we say that. But your relationship with yourself is going to affect every other relationship that you have, including your relationship with Jesus. The stronghold of insecurity should have no place in this room. Insecurity should be not a part of your life. Like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. No, it should be deep within you that Philippians says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's not your past that determines your future. It's your current decision. It's how you love yourself. It's how you believe in your God. It's not your insecurity. It's your faith. Faith is what moves mountains, not insecurity. Self-hatred and self-harm has got to stop in Jesus' name. If you're cutting yourself, you're destroying the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's got to stop. Jesus wants to tell you, please, my daughter, my son, it doesn't matter what you're going through. I don't want you to do that to yourself. It's got to stop. When you... When you walk out of this room tonight, it's my prayer that self-doubt will be done in your life. You're, you'll be done doubting your calling. You'll be done doubting your purpose. You'll be done doubting that God loves you because he does. Second Corinthians sees that a lot of us were weak and we've got these weaknesses and we allow our weaknesses to beat us up. We allow our inconsistencies and our failures to make us feel God-awful and low. But my Bible says that it is in our weakness that God reveals himself to be strong in us. So we've got to get up on the inside real life. Depression has got to go in the name of Jesus. You have cried yourself to sleep for far too long. It's time to get the joy of the Lord as your strength. A negative thought life is a deceptive tool of the enemy of your soul, and he's using it to ruin your life. I've been down so long, it looks like up to me. How many of us have fake love for ourselves in this place if we were gut level honest? 
Can I tell you something tonight, real life? Listen loud and clear right here. Jesus died on the cross of Calvary for your forgiveness. He died so that you could be set free and live free. My Bible says in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So while we were in our imperfection, he loved us enough to say, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they do. Hear me, student. Jesus did not die for you so that you would punish yourself by hating yourself because of the past failures in your life. He didn't die for you to punish yourself. Jesus loved you enough to die for you so you should love yourself enough to live for him. You need to live for him. you got to love yourself enough so that you'll live for him. See, the outward problem... The reality is the outward problem isn't sin. We could talk about a multitude of sin, but the outward problem is not sin. The outward symptoms of sin produced in our lives points to an inner turmoil. When we produce sin, when we outwardly act out and we do things that we know we shouldn't be doing, and we begin to act out, and sometimes it's to numb the pain of what's happening inside. A lot of times when you're doing stuff to your body, when you're doing stuff with someone else, when you're doing stuff to, to numb the pain because you hate yourself and you're tired of living with that pain and so you got to get something, some sort of fix and the enemy of your soul puts a counterfeit right in front of you and says, you know what, hey, guess what, try this, it'll help you forget. But what happens is the moment you give in to that sin and it becomes an outward symptom, that's the moment where the enemy of your soul will swipe the rug right out under your feet and it makes you feel shameful, regret, condemnation. You hate yourself even more. See, the real problem isn't necessarily the temptation. The real problem is you don't have enough love for yourself. See, a fake love for ourselves is, is a distinction. It's a dangerous thing. A person who has healthy love for themselves loves God and his calling for their life, and they won't potentially kill themselves with substance abuse. See, a person who has a healthy love for themselves and loves who God has called them and created them to be won't give themselves away to someone else who doesn't really love them. A person who has a healthy love for themselves and loves who God has created them to be won't secretly believe the lies of the enemy and the mind games he brings to live in depression. If you really love yourself and love the purpose and the plan that God has for your life, God's calling you out of depression tonight in Jesus' name. Why do we have to deal with fake love for ourselves, Pastor? It's because you will never be able to escape yourself. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will still be there. You'll never be able to escape yourself. That's why we got to talk about that. Man, I, I am constantly with me. <laughs> y'all feel me. But here's the thing. Y'all have heard me say this before, but here's the deal with each and every one of us. Your pastor is not exempt from this. I have to deal with myself every day. And here's the deal. Two natures live within my chest. One is cursed and one is blessed. One I love and one I hate. And the one that I feed is going to dominate. Two natures live within your chest. 
One is cursed and one is blessed. One you love, you love something about yourself, but there's parts of you that you hate. But the one that you feed is going to dominate in your life. And here's the deal, young person. If you feed something, it will dominate. But if you begin to starve something, it will also die. So some of you have been struggling and fighting and feeding yourself with so much self-hatred. But guess what? As soon as you begin to starve it, that self-hatred will die, and you'll begin to love yourself again. Sometimes the hardest seasons we face in life are not really difficult because of the circumstances. We're facing, the the, the circumstances we're facing aren't really difficult, but the, the things that we face are difficult because of our own warped perception of our own self worth. Like we face things like, I'm not picking on anybody, but some of y'all have been like, my boyfriend just broke up with me. We just had our three month anniversary. <laughs> and my world is destroyed. Right? I can't, I, can't, I can't live anymore. I need to transfer schools, Pastor. I can't handle it. The pressure's too strong. No, guess what? The problem is you don't love yourself to realize that he was not worth your time. Come on. Or she, or she. Praise the Lord. My boys, come on. Or she. Here's what I know, young person. I know that when I believe in myself, I can take on the world. When I believe in myself and I believe what God has called me to do, I can stand up at the face of any Goliath and say, come at me because my God will supply my need. He is bigger and badder than you. No weapon formed against me will prosper. All those that rise up against me is going to fall in the name of Jesus. So come at me. It doesn't matter what the circumstance looks like. My God's going to guide me through it. When I believe in myself and I know that God is with me and that he loves me, I can do it. But when we hate ourselves and have fake love for ourselves, even small things can become huge obstacles in our lives. I've come tonight to call you to get up on the inside, real life. I've called you tonight to love yourself because God loves you. Tonight's word, we're going to look at 1 Kings in just a second, and this is the context of the scripture, we're looking at the prophet Elijah. And this man was used by God to do some incredible things. And up until this point, Elijah did some crazy cool miracles. Like one time, one of the first miracles he did, he prayed to God and said, God, stop the rain. And you know what? God stopped the rain. And Elijah had this supernatural control of the weather system. He was like, get behind me, Bob Jezwell. I don't need you no more. He said, rain, stop, and it stopped, and there was drought. And then this is crazy. Think about this for a second. I'm a, Pastor Juan knows, when I get hungry, I'm hangry. Right? You feel me? Elijah was hungry, and guess what? He prayed, and God sent food through birds. And God fed Elijah by delivering. It wasn't like an Amazon Prime drone. It was like some ravens coming through the sky saying, you know what, I'm going to make my creatures provide for your every need. You're so awesome. I love you so much. I'm going to feed you with the birds. That's crazy to me. And then one time he was talking with this widow, 
and this widow's son had just passed away, and he's, he's thinking to himself, man, God doesn't want this kid dead. And he does this weird thing. It's kind of awkward, kind of strange. He lays out on the, the dead body of this widow's son, begins to pray that life would reenter his body. And you better believe it may have been a little strange, a little bit awkward, but I've never prayed and laid my hands on anything that's dead and it came back to life. But God used Elijah and raised up that dead widow's son back to life. It was a miracle. It was incredible. But here's the thing. He had this, the last thing I'll share and then we'll get to the scripture, is he had this showdown with, with some prophets of Baal. They were, they were false prophets serving a false god. And Elijah, he had enough confidence within himself. He said, guess what? Prophets of Baal, let's have a show, showdown. Come on. I'll put my altar here. You put your altar there. And we're going to pray. And whosoever God brings fire down from heaven is the one true God. Let's do this. And so it's 50 against one. And Elisha takes it a second step and says, hey, why don't y'all drench my altar with water three times? It's going to be awesome, guys. Y'all go ahead. Do your thing. Have fun. Try it out. See if your God's real. Let's see. Go ahead. Absolutely nothing happens. And the moment Elisha begins to pray, fire falls from heaven and consumes everything. And in that moment, Elisha said, your God is false. My God is real. Take them and slaughter them. Kill them all because they're false prophets. And all the prophets were slaughtered by the sword. What a, what a courageous scene of victory. But then this is what happens in 1 Kings 19. It says, now Ahab told Jezebel. Jezebel was a witch. Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me ever so severely if by this time tomorrow I don't take your life like every one of them. He, she basically was telling Elijah, I'm going to kill you by this time tomorrow. And this verse, it messes with my head because it says, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush and sat down under it and prayed that he might die. He said, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life because I'm no better than my ancestors. He lay down and went to sleep. Real life, I want you to see through this powerful scripture. I want you to see tonight that success in life will not shield you from doubting your self-worth. Success in life won't shield you. We may have won the fearless worship challenge, praise God. We may be number one in Speed the Light for 2016, giving over $30,000 to world missions. But guess what? Success will not shield us from doubting our self-worth. You can make, you can have National Signing Day and sign on the line of the college of your choice. You can break some school records. But guess what? Success will not shield you from doubting your self-worth. Because Elijah was having a heyday with his glory time with God. He had the anointing and it was powerful. But it came to a point where he was like, God, I want to die. I'm no better than anyone else. He doubted himself. 
And here's the thing, young person, many times we use our successes to shield anyone from seeing what we can't stand about ourselves. We showcase, man, social media is a perfect example. Y'all know you don't post anything when you're ugly. You don't post, ladies, y'all don't post anything when you just pop that big old pimple on the side of your face. The only thing you're posting is your highlight reel because you're trying to use your success to shield everyone from seeing what you don't like about yourself. See, even when good things are taking place in your life, you still know who you are at the end of the day. You still know what you're capable of. You still know the thoughts that you deal with. You still know the sins that you've got in your past. You still know what you did just last night. You remember, and it's brought to vividly the forefront of your mind. You're in service trying to worship God and praise Jesus, and you are reminded in the back of your mind how filthy you are. And you want to come to church and you want to put your success, man, I am just, li- I, my parents are rich, I am wealthy, I got a car, I'm making good grades, I'm going to get a scholarship. Guess what? Nothing is wrong with me when everything is wrong with you because you hate yourself. You still have to fight that nature that's within you. Two natures lie within your chest. Even when you're successful, one is cursed and one is blessed. One you love and one you hate, the one you feed is going to dominate. Elijah had just called down fire from heaven and destroyed the prophets of Baal, and yet he was running for his life because one crazy lady was telling him he was, she was going to kill him. He had 50, and now he's got one. This should help us realize that small threats can cause big problems if you don't believe in yourself and love who you are and who you're created to be. Big threats can cause big problems. Little, small threats. Because here's the reality. Sexual temptation is a small threat. Your, Your temptation to go party and get wasted and smoke up and do some things that you know is contrary to God's written word. Man, those things are literally small things in comparison to how big our God is. The scripture is very clear that he won't allow any temptation to come before you because he is faithful to give you a way of escape. So everything that you think is such a hard dilemma, man, I can't stand this. I'm struggling with this over and over and over again. I can't kick this addiction. But guess what? It is a small thing. It's a small threat. There are small things holding you back because you don't love yourself. And that's got to stop tonight. The reality was that Elijah was not really afraid of the threat of death. He was afraid that someone had finally seen through him and realized that he was no better than his ancestors. He said this, he said, I've had enough, Lord. Some of us in the room would say the same thing, I've had enough, God. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. I'm no better than the people around me. I know myself, and I'm just like the people I'm surrounded by, and I hate that because I want to be better, and I know God's called me to more. It's exactly where Elijah was. He was like, take it. I'm done with this. I can't fight anymore. It's because he didn't love himself. If we're honest with ourselves, one of the biggest fears in life is for those around us to see that we're no different than the people around us. It's one of the biggest fears. 
God sent me to tell someone tonight that God created the real you. So it's time to start being the real you. Some of y'all stay in this room and you'll come and you'll worship, you'll watch, you'll listen, and you'll cross your arms and you'll, you'll act all hard and gangster. You'll have your pants too low where your underwear is showing. Come on, y'all. And you're, you're all thuggish, ruggish, like, I'm so hard. Don't talk to me. We'll, we'll give you a high five on the high five train and you just walk on. The reason you're acting so hard is because you don't want anyone to see who you really are. God wants to, here's the thing, no, we're not going to clap for that. We're not going to clap for that because what we want to clap for is when someone actually believes in themselves enough to show us the real you. This is family. This is love. We're supposed to show one another who we really are and care about one another. So it breaks our heart. It breaks your pastor's heart that you have to put on a front every single day of your life. It's time to get rid of the front. It's time to start believing in yourself for a change and start being who God created you to be. Stop fitting into the mold when all you're scared of doing is finding out that you're just like everyone else. It's time to get out. That's fake love. It's fake. Come on, it's time to stop being fake. We got fake love for ourselves because we know what our past holds. It's hard to love ourselves when we know what we've done and we know what, God, what we've done that doesn't please God. We carry regret with us. We hold on to shame, guilt, and condemnation. Tonight I come to bring some good news. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. Oh, man, it says as high as the heavens above, those are, those are his ways, man. And, and it says in God's word, because of Calvary's cross in Psalm 103, verse 12, it says that God separates our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. So when we can't ever forget, God forgets. When we always hold on to the sin that we know we've done and we keep it close because we don't want anybody to see, guess what? God forgot about that a long time ago. I want you to stand with me. I want the band to come if you could as we close. God's about to do something in every one of our lives tonight. I want you to believe it right now. Tonight is a new night for you. Tonight is where you draw a line in the sand and start believing and loving yourself and you start believing and loving in your God in a way you've never experienced before. I'm believing that for you. So with every, everyone paying attention, everyone ready to receive what God has. See, here's the hard thing, real life. There's a Christianese slang. It's, it's kind of cliche, but, but this is what some Christians say. They say, hate the sin and love the sinner, right? We can say hate the sin and love the sinner all day long until we apply it to our own lives. Because what happens is we say hate the sin and love the sinner, but guess what? I hate the sin that's in me, but I also hate myself. That's what normally happens in our lives, unfortunately. When God wants us tonight to, yes, absolutely hate the sin that so easily entangles us, but you got to love yourself, love the sinner. You may be a sinner, but you have been called by the loving God to be saved by grace through faith. Not by your works, 
but by faith in the one true God who died on Calvary's cross for your sin. It's time to stop hating yourself and start loving yourself. We hate the sin. God was obviously wanting Elijah to succeed. His anointing was with him. His power was evident. But here's what my word says in Acts 10, 34. It says that God is not a respecter of persons. So the same power that flowed through Elijah the prophet's life, God wants to flow through your life. But he's just waiting to see for someone who will actually believe in the high calling that he's placed in you and trust him with everything. That means that just as God wanted Elijah to succeed, he wants you to succeed. In fact, here's the awesome news is God wants you to succeed even more than you want to. He wants your perfection even more than you want your perfection. He wants your sanctification even more than you want your sanctification. He wants your freedom even more than you want your freedom. Because he loves you. And he actually loves you more than you love yourself. And he wants that to change tonight. I've come tonight to tell somebody in the room, and it's probably a lot of somebody's, stop trying to be someone you're not because you don't love who God created you to be. Stop trying to be someone who you're not because you don't love who God created you to be with every head bowed, every eye closed in this place. No distraction, no talking. You're in this room and you'd say, Pastor Jonathan, you have exactly described the condition of my heart. I'm just like the prophet. My mouth has said, God, I'm tired, I'm done, I can't do this anymore. Take my life. Because I'm no better than the people who surround me. Tonight I've come to tell you, if that's you, if you hate yourself because of the things that you've done, the blood of Jesus can cover a multitude of sin right now. The blood of Jesus can forgive you. The blood of Jesus can set you free from the shame. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's time to stop hating yourself and start loving your God. So right now in this moment, if you would be willing to admit, I have lost my relationship with God because I've lost my love for myself and I need the forgiving grace and mercy of heaven to flow into my life once again I want you to raise your hand and hold it high right now if that's you you hate yourself you're sick of fighting you're sick of the turmoil you're sick of the mind games you're sick of the shame that you've been carrying for far too long it's time to release it it's time for it to be forgiven it's time for that weight to be lifted off your shoulders don't miss this opportunity lift your hand and hold it high we're gonna pray right now everybody in this place say dear Jesus Jesus, I love you, and I thank you for your love for me. Right now, I ask that you would save me. Save me from myself. Save me from my own undoing. Save me from self-hatred. Save me from the mind games. Save me from the shame. Save me from the guilt. Set me free tonight. I'm giving you the worst of me right now I'm giving it to you and I'm not going to take it back I'm going to be different I'm going to be changed I'm going to be forgiven because of my faith in you I'm placing my trust not in myself but I'm placing my trust in you in Jesus name amen amen come on y'all let's give some praise to God